Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Now that I've told you, you're welcome to forget it right away and use the space that you have left over to chastise something. doesn't matter what. Hello? Are you listening to me? Everything is amazing. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello and welcome to this late running episode of Adrift. Oh, we're just having one disaster after another at the moment, aren't we, Annabelle? It's one after another, yeah. So the reason this episode is late is we recorded it yesterday and then when I listened back to it, there was a weird buzzing noise all over it, like when you need when you leave a mobile phone next to an electrical good. Yeah, which I think is what happened. Right, <laughs> that, that'll explain why. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was I was uh, in Salford and Annabelle was at home in Snaresbrook and we'd you know, done it the complicated way. But here we are, reunited in my attic. Yes. So at least there's that. Um, but we received an email from John who says, Is Adrift out of business? No podcasting forever and no updates. What's up? I thought you Brits were decent people. <laughs> Annabelle, can you find a new sidekick for your show? <laughs> so I just, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry things have been a bit terrible recently, but can I just say we've only missed an episode. Forever. That's forever. We missed a week. Yeah, it's just a week, yeah. Um, and now we're undecent. We, we are. Yeah. I mean, is it not indecent? No, we're undecent. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not indecent. No, no, I'm not happy Happy with us being described that no. way. Um but the the reason we didn't release an episode last week is, is uh, as I say, we've been sort of lunging from one disaster to another. And Sarah was in hospital. My wife was hospitalised for five days and I had to keep a bedside vigil. Yeah. God, it's boring keeping a bed- bedside vigil. <laughs> wasn't much to do, was there? No, I mean, it's fine when she's awake. So I could just sort of um, uh, regale her with my interesting observations on hospital life. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure that was but nice. Yeah. She was either sleeping or pretending to be asleep a lot of the time. <laughs> right, right. Perhaps as a consequence of the former. So here's what happened. Um, so the beginning of last week, uh, her, her nose started to grow. Now, she's one of these people who, when she gets run down, her nose goes a bit red, but it kept growing and growing and growing until it looked like a bad prosthetic nose in a production, a cheap production of Serrano de Bergerac. Would you like to see a photograph of that? Oh, I was going to ask if there was a photo, but I didn't want to see mean. Oh, what? 
Wow. Right. That's extraordinary. It is extraordinary, isn't it? I didn't so, know that the, the human body was even capable no, of that. No, it, it, lo- it looks like, it, I mean, it does look like a rubber nose, doesn't it? It looks like he's been like really pummeled. Yeah, well, I mean, that was something that worried me, mm-hmm. you know. So when we went to the, we, we went to the, I'll, I'll talk you through what happened. Okay, so yeah. we, we went to the doctors um, and they said, oh, we think you've got impetigo, uh, have some antibiotics. So she comes home with the antibiotics and then I go off and do some work. By the time I get home, her nose is bigger than how you've just seen it and her face is starting to grow like somebody who's had a bad beast thing as well. So we go back to the doctor and the doctor says, I think they're going to have to admit you to hospital to give you intravenous antibiotics. Just go to A&E. So, you know, she's really upset at this stage. You know, she's worried that her face is never going to be back to normal again. She's not quite sure what it is because it says, I'm not sure if it's impetigo, it might be something else. So we, we get sent to A&E, which we go in an Uber. Mm-hmm. I did a really bad thing. Yeah. This does not reflect well on me. So we had to go from the doctor's surgery to the hospital in an Uber. Mm. And I said to Sarah, oh, do you want me to book the Uber? If you give me your phone, I'll book it. You know, you just rest up, I'll book the Uber on your phone. But that wasn't an act of altruism. I wanted to make sure we booked it on her account and not mine because I didn't want to get marked down just in case the Uber driver was freaked out by her face. I don't think that, I really don't think they mark people well, down for no, like. I, big I wouldn't. I think it would be a terrible thing to do. But, you know, it, it could be somebody less broad minded. They might have marked you down because they thought you'd been pummeling her nose. That, that, well, that might that, have lost you a few it. points. So, so yeah. I then had to turn up in A&E with my wife, whose face at this stage was very red, like her nose, as you just saw, looked extremely peculiar. And all of one side of her face had gone red and there was some sort of, I don't want to really get into it because it was quite disgusting, but it was, was, you know, it was weird stuff was going on with her skin. And I did think, do I look like a domestic abuser who has brought his wife to hospital so that he can stay in control of the story here? You really thought that through. (laughs) um so so anyway so there was that i do feel i got some judgmental looks from people in the waiting room and then oh here's another thing because we it was a and e so we had a a long wait there was a guy it was only one plug socket and my phone was almost out of battery so i was desperate to charge it up sarah had a phone charger in a rucksack but there was a guy who'd plugged his phone in yeah fine right right? yeah yeah i mean it is first come first serve yeah but he wasn't charging his phone he was using it almost like a, 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 as the mains to watch videos on his phone that's not right that's not the etiquette no, is it it's not right. if you need to plug your phone in somewhere yeah it's there to do the job of giving you enough battery to get through yeah, yeah. it's not there to be your power source so you can watch videos so what did you do about it i didn't say anything at all oh, i just <laughs> spew <laughs> just stewed um but anyway so so long story short too late she ended up being in hospital for five days wow that's a lot all in all uh it ended up being a thing called cellulitis um and then just at some point miraculously she started getting better and i mean it, it didn't change at all for ages and then it just really started going to the extent that when it was time to come back from the hospital, I got the Uber on my account because it, it really wasn't that startling, her face at that point. Sometimes when you're not paying attention, you didn't even realise you're in a sewer. That's not the case here. Right now you're on a lake and it's, it's really nice. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. 
It's a play on words about water. Time to hear stories of social ineptitude from your fellow drifters. Uh, Who's the first one from? It's from Emily. A number of years ago, I worked as a theatre usher. On the night in question, I was working at a kiosk selling programmes and sweets, and my friend and colleague, a Jewer, came to drop off the stock I was meant to sell that night. There had been a man waiting to buy a programme, so I asked him to wait a minute whilst I unpacked the stock and got set up. I reached down and opened the case to get my stock out and immediately realised they'd forgotten to pack one of the items I normally sell and I wanted to alert a Jewer to this before she went back into the stock room so she could bring back the missing items. In my hurry to grab a Jewer's attention, I mumbled the first syllable of her name while my head was still down in the box, stood up and raised my hand in her direction while yelling the second syllable of her name and realising she was too far away and wouldn't hear me anyway, stopped before I said the last syllable of her name. Of course, what this meant was I had in fact done was just scream Jew while gesturing to the man directly in front of me. The lobby of the theatre turned round and stared and I completely panicked. I made the best response I could in the situation by saying very loudly, oh, a Jewer will be back soon. Then she can bring me some more 12 bites. Can I get you that programme, sir? I tried my best to avoid all non-essential eye contact with customers for the rest of the night. I mean, can you imagine just being in that theatre for you? <laughs> just somebody shouting. Wow, wow. Um, yes, yes. But, you know, nice nice save there. Yes, well done. <laughs> okay, from Johnny. I was recently on holiday in Europe, taking a boat trip on the Danube from Bratislava to Vienna. The ride would cost 30 euros, but the train would have been 10 euros anyway, so I decided the experience of the boat ride was worth the extra money. When I got to the ticket office, however, the sales assistant explained that 30 euros only got you a middle seat inside without a window view. Window seats at the side were 33 euros and the front seats with the best views were 35 euros. As I hesitated, unable to decide, she said, I'll give you a front seat. It's the best in the house. In that moment, I was flattered that she considered me worthy of the best seat in the house. I didn't want to turn her down her generosity or make her feel that she had misjudged me, so I accepted the upsell. Not long into the journey, I went up onto the top deck in the open air, where a lady asked me to take her photo. I took the picture and made small talk for a minute or so. It was going well and she seemed really friendly and very beautiful. Then, mid-conversation, I ran out of things to say and panicked. So, without excusing myself, I quite simply turned around and walked off. <laughs> she must have been baffled. <gasps> Going back inside, I returned to find my premium 35 euro seat was now occupied by a family of four which had taken up the whole row. Oh, no. Confrontation is a no-go at the best of times and I could hardly unseat parents of young children. All the side seats were taken and I couldn't show my face on the top deck again <laughs> as the nice photo lady was still up there. So I ended up sitting in a middle seat inside without a window view for the rest of the journey and spent the whole time wishing I'd saved my money by taking the train after all. That is almost the, the quintessential adrift story. It hits so many of our touch points there, doesn't it's it? It's textbook drifter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very much so. And this one is from Anon, who starts with, this story may be too brutal and I'd rather remain anonymous on this one as it's grim. I have to say that I've read it and I wasn't offended, but if you're extremely sensitive, then this, this is your warning. We we did, I did hear this on the um, mm. on the, the first recording. And what are your thoughts? I thought it was, you know, a, a little brutal. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So if you say if you're mediumly sensitive, yeah, then yeah. don't listen. Okay. 
I've worked for the same company for almost 17 years and during that time I've worked in a number of different teams. A few years back I was moved to a new team after being with the same people for over six years. I knew my old team really well and was anxious about starting somewhere new and I really, really wanted to bond with a new team and fit in. There was a story about a baby being abandoned in the news, so I decided that sharing my experience of having kids with my colleagues would give us the material to bond. I told my new colleagues that when I'd had my oldest, I'd found the experience so overwhelming that I'd debated doing what the person in the article had done, i.e. leaving the baby for someone else to find. So far, okay. Unfortunately, I hadn't read the article in full, and the baby had not just been abandoned, it had also been mutilated. Ah, you see, there we go. (laughs) I'd basically told my new colleagues, without realising, that when my darling daughter was born, who I loved to bits, that they wanted to mutilate and abandon her. It wasn't until I got home and read the full article that I realised the horror of what I'd said. Thankfully, no one judged me, and I worked happily in that team for a few years before moving on again. I mean, did did you go back and explain the next day? <laughs> oh, some something to address here. You, you know when to. I said yeah, yeah. that I would gladly abandon my baby. <laughs> Do what they'd done yeah, in that. No, yeah, they, I think yeah. she must have done because how could she then have worked in that team happily like, yeah, for the next few years? Yeah, unless they are even sort of less sensitive to that kind of thing than you are. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, send us your story, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. When you were younger, this show was just getting going. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port with you now in your old age. Annabelle, it's time for a way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Part 16. Part 16. Yep. So we've done four cubic months yeah. of this. <laughs> yep, yep. Like a, a, a quarter of a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this one is... I just is... want to point out... Because it's cubic months and not calendar months. I'm guessing about three months is about 16 weeks when you add in all the half weeks. And We could just stick with part 16 now. It's probably fine, isn't it? Just, probably. I was just, I just worried about anyone judging my maths. So I, thought, ah, okay, I said okay. cubic, so mm-hmm. it sort of made it clear. But am, are we, am I dragging this down into the weeds here? No, it's very much in the weeds. Don't worry about that. I can't go any lower. All right. So this one is... Veering wildly between thinking for too long before speaking and therefore looking a bit weird and starey and not thinking at all and saying the wrong thing. I really should just pick one and stick with it. Just be the starey person or the blurty person instead of just being the unpredictably bad person. So here's an example of blurting me. I was in my friend's room at university. We're chatting and listening to records, all very nice. And I spot a small passport photo stuck to his wall of a man who looks to my eyes just like Fred West. Now, if I'd spent any time at all thinking, I would have thought, now that looks like Fred West, but why would my friend have a photo of the serial killer Fred West on his wall? That's not his thing. It's probably not really anybody's thing. And even if it was your thing, the chances of you somehow having a passport photo of Fred West are very slim, especially as Fred West didn't seem the type to own a passport. I don't think there were many family holidays, for example. (laughs) But it wasn't one of my thinking before speaking moments, so I blurted out, oh, why have you got a photo of Fred West on your wall? And obviously it wasn't Fred West, which was revealed to me when he said that it was his dad, his dead dad. I'd mistaken uh, his dead dad for Fred uh, West. And it's hard to know what to say next. So I did take some time to think, but that was mostly taken up with thinking, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and then I blurted out, well, I'm sure your dad didn't murder anyone. What did I say? I'm sure. Like, it was in some circles up for debate, but I wasn't having any of it. I could at the very least have said, well, your dad didn't murder anyone. Like, it's still terrible, but at least there's no conjecture involved. (laughs) 
I do have a third default, which I think is common. So you're in a loud place like a bar or a disco. This obviously happens to me a lot less than it used to. And someone says something that you can't hear, but you say pardon and get them to repeat it so many times it gets embarrassing. So you just have to pretend you heard what they said and give what you hope is an appropriate response. How many times do you think you can say pardon and get them to repeat it? I think three if on oh. the third time you say, I'm so embarrassed. I, I, I didn't hear that again. Can you say three. it again? Yeah. Three is agony. No, like I know. Two. I know. Oh, I think I can do two. But I was talking to a friend that I hadn't seen for a while in a bar and I asked, how are you? And she said something I couldn't hear. And for some reason, I couldn't even face one pardon. So I did the reaction that I thought was the right one. And that was laugh because there was something in her wide eyes that suggested it was a funny thing she said. And she's a funny person. And she stared at me and said very clearly, I don't think you heard what I said, did you? And it turned out she told me her boyfriend had left her and I'd laughed in her face. (sighs) And I wonder how many other times I've got it wrong and they didn't question me and just felt terribly hurt. <laughs> Luckily, I don't go out anymore or look at people's walls. I just talk to my baby mostly, which is for the best. Although about six months ago, I did find myself saying to him as I was changing his nappy, do you like doing wee-wees? Even though he would have been about 12 months old, I swear he gave me a look that said, you are terrible at small talk. <laughs> so I think really I'm just going to go mute. Get with it. Get with it. Get with it. With, 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 with. Get with it. Adrift. Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Coming soon for our Patreon supporters. We're making a film. Will we call it Notes from a Small Suburb? A film. Yes, let's definitely call it that. I love it. By which I mean Annabelle and I are going for a walk around Snaresbrook and she's going to point out various sites in uh, your, your neighbourhood, of which you're a great champion, mm. despite um, a, a little mockery from me mm-hmm. over the years mm. i think it was when you told me there isn't a single shop in snaresbrook yeah. that made, made me think <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know there was i didn't know there was anywhere in london that didn't have a shop yeah, but yeah. but you know I, i've been there lots of times and it's grown on me mm. and it's i won't be moving there anytime no, of soon not, no. but um <laughs> It's not without its charms, yeah. and Annabelle's been involved in various altercations with with people, yeah. uh, and and we will get a grand tour of that. Do you like the title "Notes from a Small Suburb"? Yeah, yeah. Is, is, that, is that fine? And I've been working on like you know the key points of the film, mm. sort of the highs and lows, you know, the story. <laughs> <laughs> and your lover Tom, who is a professional boyfriend. filmmaker, yeah, um, you know you you know a lady of a certain age boyfriend isn't becoming. What am I supposed to say? Lover. <laughs> You think lover is becoming? Yes. You think that's becoming? Yeah, you say I've taken a lover. So, so I gave him a child. I'm supposed to say. I'm supposed <laughs> to say to my child, "Oh, where, where's uh, where's daddy? Where's my lover?" Do you, no, you think that's appropriate? You could just say, "Where's where's daddy?" You wouldn't go, "Where's daddy? Where's my boyfriend?" <laughs> Why would you need to throw lover in? Okay, but say I was talking to someone else and I was like, oh, yeah, Tom, my lover, and he overheard. He'd be revolted. I'd also accept common law spouse. You were a nightmare. Okay, can we? I would rather have common law spouse than lover. Okay, okay. Um, but anyway, your lover Tom is oh. a he's a filmmaker, and he's he's going to um, take us for a walk. He's going to, you know, I haven't get, asked him yet. He's going to get a crew. He's going to get a crew. Oh God, <laughs> he's got a new lens. It's quite exciting, but I could, I could sell it to him. That he's a chance to try his new lens. Well, it made me look thin. No, it's a wide angle uh-huh. one. <laughs> Maybe time not to use that lens. Anyway, that's coming soon. Support us on Patreon. Patreon.com stroke adrift. We got a message through Patreon. Let me see if I can uh, 
find it on my computer here. Oh, yeah. It says, Annabelle, hmm. you must stop that beautiful tree from being cut down. This is from Aldine Thomas talking about your neighbour wanting to have a, oh, a tree cut down. She says, yeah. uh, uh, you must stop that beautiful tree being cut down. We do not inherit the earth from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children. Interesting. Not sure I agree. <laughs> not borrowing it. It's mine and then it's his. Like It's not like a library. And you, you're not bothered about him not having this nice tree to look at? Oh, I see. Um, well, no, I, I want to keep the tree. but, but You the, just don't want to get the, into the it. The alternative is, is having a confrontation with my neighbour. Are you insane? Yeah, I don't want no, a confrontation no. with my neighbour. I'd, I'd rather see a whole rainforest go than Exa- get into a confrontation. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, th- that's, uh, thank, thank you for sending in the message. Aldine. Yes. Maybe Aldine could go and lie in front of the tree. Oh, could you? you know, Honestly, could you? It'd make my life so much easier. Be like an eco-warrior. She could climb up it and live up there like yeah. swampy until oh, yes. until the guy uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, agrees not to cut it down. I'll get a pulley system and send you food and drink. Okay. Well, but only at night when my neighbour can't see. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the time you just be like, God, 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 can you believe that oh, eco-warrior stopping us from cutting down this tree? Disgusting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've been doing a lot of that. Sorry. I've forgotten why he wants it gone. Oh, he thinks it's going to crash into his kitchen. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. It probably will now, and then like I won't be laughing anymore. <laughs> At least then you might get a new neighbour who's not. <laughs> he doesn't complain about how loudly yeah. I turn my taps yeah, on. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, true. Um, anyway, thanks for getting in touch, Aldine, and it's, uh, hell, uh, it's um, patreon.com stroke adrift to support us on there. Now, because we originally recorded this um episode remotely with Annabelle at home and me in Salford where I was doing some work uh, there was never going to be an incident in this episode mm. although I I did overhear a magnific- magnificent use of the word incident oh yeah I was on a tram from Manchester City Centre to uh, to Salford, to Media City UK in mm, Salford, mm. where I was staying in a wow. well-appointed apartment oh. with a nice uh, westerly view over the Manchester Ship Canal. Lovely. Just glimpsed the Coronation Street set over oh. the uh, over the other side of the canal. Very nice. Had a beautiful balcony. So, uh, you know, the balcony w- was just perfect for sitting and watching the sunset, apart from the fact that you weren't allowed out onto it. They didn't leave a key. Yeah, that is a big shame. For insurance purposes. For insurance, so they say. That's very weird. Yeah. Anyway, um, what was talking? Oh, so you've got the tram. Oh, before I get into overhearing the word incident used in a fantastic way, uh, the, the other thing I overheard on the tram was somebody said to somebody else, oh, should we go for a strolio? Oh, I like that. Isn't that good? Yeah, a strolio. strolio. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I'm, I'm sitting and behind me, there is a woman on the phone to, I presume, her friend. And I hear her say, "Yeah, no one's to, no one's speaking to Lee still because of the sausage roll incident." How desperate are you? To know I mean, I'm just desperate. Roll. I'm oh, desperate. I'm to know so what desperate. It is. But what am I going to do? Turn around and talk to a stranger on public transport? I don't, don't think so. Of course not. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss excuse me do you have any wood 
Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. Ooh, I'm in the stream. Hit a new low on Monday. Okay. This this doesn't reflect well on me. Right, good, okay. So I was working in Manchester, mm-hmm. but I needed to come back to London for a few hours to help out with childcare. Okay. So I did my work in the morning, mm-hmm. came back, looked after my son, and then had to get back to Manchester, and it was all quite fraught, and I didn't get time to eat during any of it. Okay. I'm sitting on the train, and I'm so hungry. I'm also so tired that the effort of walking to the buffet car just seems too much for me. Okay. I'm very nervous about where this is going. Across the aisle, I can see a man eating cheese and crackers. Yeah. He gets off the train at Stoke-on-Trent. Oh, Jeff. And I can see there's like this big lump of cheddar cheese left on his plate. No, you didn't. I did. I went. I went to the loo, and then on the way back, just quickly swiped it and put it up my sleeve, and, sleeve. Like a, and then got in my seat and ate it. <laughs> might be worse that you put it up your sleeve. Up your sleeve. <laughs> and how did it taste? I mean, it was. It, it tasted. It tasted of shame. <laughs> good, <laughs> good. That's what it tasted like. Um, the other sort of awful thing that happened to me in recent days was while Sarah was in hospital, I took my son to the fair. Mm-hmm. At the, the local park the traveling fair came to the local park Lovely, yeah. it's very exciting took him on the um on the bumper cars but i mean he was just obsessed with wanting to go on the bumper cars he likes cars doesn't he He does love yeah. cars and then as soon as we got on the bumper cars and and we started going around he hated it he was screaming that they were too bumpy oh. so we got off the bumper cars yeah. so we ended up there was like some rubbishy car for babies right or toddlers which just goes round and round a track very slowly okay and i think you know really it was for slightly older children maybe four or five and they would go in it on their own but Mm. he wanted to go in it with me and it was just a bit too snug so he got in i bolted him then i tried to squeeze in next to him and i was having such a hard time of it trying to squeeze myself in there um as I'm doing so, I look across and in a car across the track is one of the mums and her son from, from the local nursery yeah. where Jean goes. But she she's in the car fine. Yeah. So I say, by way of friendly small talk, yeah. I don't know how you managed to squeeze yourself in there. Oh, Jeff. But what I meant is I can't do it and you did. What's the secret? But what it sounded like... like, A big lady like you getting in there. Yes, which she isn't. But, I mean, I I already think that woman didn't like me. You you know when you get a sense that somebody, based on nothing they've said to you, but somebody in your neighbourhood who you you see a few times a week just doesn't doesn't think well of you. You get the vibe. I got the vibe. Yeah, the vibes you'll be getting now. I know, and I was, you know, so I'm constantly trying to overcompensate for that vibe anyway. And... um, and yeah, it didn't go well. But I mean, the, the good thing is my son didn't really like that ride either. So I think he may grow up to be like me and just a bit scared of all kinds of fairground rides and a bit of a wuss. Oh, good. I would be very proud of him. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a show called Adrift. You know what I'm like, Mr. Positive, always looking for a silver lining. Well, yeah. here is one thing, one positive thing that has come out of us having to do a redo of the podcast due to the technical difficulties, is we are now in Problematic. Yeah, we actually are. Yeah. We're doing it on location. We can't say Problematic, but here we are in my attic mm. uh, for Quandary Corner. 
at the Glap Clinic. And who is the first one from? It's from Scott, who says, I live in sunny Singapore. It is lovely here, only one degree above the equator and a balmy tropical climate every day. By day, I work in a small office in the finance industry. At night, I run a comedy club and do some stand-up comedy. Here is my dilemma. There are only ever a maximum of six of us in the office at any one time. Because we work remotely and often from home, there can be blissful days spent in the office where I do not see another face. Fellow drifters will immediately recognise that this is a perfect workplace environment as there is little to no chance of face-to-face human interaction where the anxieties of life will debilitate me. I'm pretty sure I'm seen as the weird one in the office anyway. I mean, I am happy to come and sit in here in the quiet on my own. And the finance environment we work in is usually quite salesy and raucous. I'm also positive that on a few occasions I have spotted colleagues peer through the little glass window to see who is in the office and then I don't see them again. They have clearly decided that working from home is a better option than risking any interaction with me. So to the problem. On many occasions, my colleagues have said they would come to see me do my stand-up. In the six years I've been performing, they have never bothered. Over that time, I've chosen to talk about my day job on stage because, well, who is going to know? I was recently sharing with the audience about the eating habits of one of my colleagues. He is a nice man and is only slightly misogynist, which is better than full misogynist, right? (laughs) However, he has an inability to eat quietly. The noises that come from his desk when he is enjoying his Singapore noodles or chicken rice or soup or anything, in fact, are disgusting. It's not that he hoovers it up or puts too much in his mouth. It's that he savours every mouth-smacking bite. He makes appreciative noises I've only ever heard in a bedroom. He chews with his mouth open. Perhaps the air adds to the taste sensations. It certainly adds to the appreciative burps he wafts around immediately after and often during his meal. It truly turns my stomach. I can feel myself go green as he eats. I can't leave though, can I? He'll know that I've left the room because of him and then I'll think I'm as antisocial as I believe I am. And of course, yes, for the first time in six years, he actually came to the gig the other night where I was talking about this from the stage. I didn't see him till after my set. He came up to me quite jollily afterwards. I was surprised. He praised me and I thanked him sheepishly. Finally, he mentioned it. I thought, this is it. He's going to be upset. But no, he wanted to know which colleague I was referring to as that bit was particularly funny. (laughs) I sidestepped the point by saying I cannot reveal for the sake of the office harmony, but he is insisting I let him know. Three days he's been asking me now. So, Annabelle and Jeff, what do I do? Is this my opportunity to let him know it is him and hope he changes his eating style? Do I blame another colleague in the hope that word will spread and the office will choose that person to be the social pariah? Do I keep it to myself? Help. Well, firstly, what I want to say is when we recorded it yesterday, I, I didn't hear a lot of that because the, the, the line kept dropping. Right. And the description of how he eats, I just enjoyed that immensely. <laughs> yes. So thank you for, for giving that to me. Yeah. Um, here's what you do. Mm. You say, uh, I shouldn't really tell you this because it ruins the magic of comedy, but actually it's about somebody I used to work with in a former workplace. Yeah, I think... I think that's pretty much the perfect solution, if only he'd said it straight away. Yeah. It's three days on, it feels a bit suspicious. But I mean, because I think it's, that is very much an acceptable excuse because um, 
I've heard that some of the things a comedian can say on stage, like if they're talking about their real life, they're not really basing it on their real life because my wife is, of course, a comedian and she says some awful things about her marriage and how she'd like to have an affair and, like, and stuff about her husband. But right. I know, you know, yeah, it's just, it's, 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 it's not based on real life, no, right? No, no, no. It's, it's hammed up a little yeah, bit. A lot, a, a lot. lot. I mean, it's, Entirely. It's fictional. It's fic- yeah. Sorry, it's fictional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean... Could, could he... Is there an option at all for him to say, oh, look, I didn't want to say, but it's you? Here's the other thing. No, no, absolutely not. Just the checking. other thing you could do is, all right, who do you think it is? Like, I'm not going to say yes or no, yeah. but you can scrutinise my face. Right. So who do you think it is? Yeah. And then they say some names. Yeah. And then maybe just slightly raise your eyebrows or something. Right. And then they'll go, that's what you mean? You say, I'm saying nothing. So you haven't said it. Yeah. And they'll just probably keep it to themselves, won't they? Yeah. Cause, you know, they're, they're... And they'll feel better. Yeah. Well, either one of those two, I think, are the perfect solutions. Great. Okay. okay. What, what's next? Let's move on to Grand Chief Lee. This is my quandary for Drifter's Dilemmas. New one for you to add. I have a long-standing friend who moved into a new flat about a year ago. Before he moved in, we often met up and had a few drinks in the local pubs on a Friday night and generally had a good time. Since he's moved in, he's become more reclusive and prefers drinking at home. I don't mind going round and having a few drinks at his, but the problem is he is a heavy smoker. Myself, who has never smoked, obviously prefers a smoke-free environment and not going home smelling of cigarettes. My dilemma here is, how do I approach the subject that I would either prefer going out so he can then smoke outside the pub when he wants, or brace the subject that I don't like being cooped up in a smoke-filled room if I go with his preferred drinking venue of his flat? He's on a top-floor flat, so does not have a garden, which would have been the ideal compromise, Mm. especially the nicer weather. I hope you can help. Uh, You could start passive-aggressively coughing and wafting the air around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Opening up all windows, like whatever the weather. Yes. Uh, Spraying air freshener. Yep. Bringing a change of clothes. Yep. Uh, suggesting you put on, say, oh, I've got something we can watch, and then put on some <laughs> public service adverts about giving up smoking. Uh, Superman, like, strangling nicotine. And Have stuff. a T-shirt made with some blackened lungs, lungs on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these are all good ideas. Make up a relative who died of lung cancer. Oh. No, you think that's a bit dark? Yeah. Okay. You can mention Roy Castle a bit, though, because he died from passive yes! smoking, didn't he? yes. How could he bring that up? Well, I've got a friend who was a, he's no longer with us, sadly, but who was a heavy smoker. And he did summer season with Roy Castle. And it was during some World Cup or, or other. And he said he would go and sit with Roy in his dressing room every night oh, and chain smoke. No. Yeah. And he felt partly responsible. Wow. Yeah. So maybe he could tell that story. Yeah. I heard this. I heard this story on a podcast. Do you want to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> slip that into conversation? Yeah. <laughs> Or that just like maybe get some fruit machine addiction. So you have to go to the pub because you're obsessed by fruit machines all of a sudden. Something like that as well. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or or ditch the guy. Yeah, ditch him. It's not good going to other people's houses. There's no Mm. clear end point. No, there's not. At least there's closing time in a pub. Exactly. You're quite right. Okay, there we go. Uh, If you have a social dilemma where you need to know what the rules are, what the etiquette is, we can help you with that. This is our gift to you. Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. 
And that was our podcast. Thank you for downloading it. We would love to hear from you if you have a story of human interaction gone wrong that you haven't yet shared with us. We would love to hear it. It's your duty to your fellow drifter. Uh, Let's get it all out in the open. Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. The artwork was done by Kim Rainey. Photos by Carla Gowlett. Uh, The backing music you hear is from Man and the Echo. And Emily Harrison did the uh, incidental music, which I think... I think it'll crop up in this week's episode, but always good to give props to Emily, especially after I missed the un off the end of her name somewhat recently. Yeah. Um, So thank you for listening. Sorry again, it's uh, it's a little bit late this week. I hope you'll understand. And also, there was no episode last week. I hope you understand the extenuating circumstances. And please don't stay mad at us. And uh, and, and finally, quick question for you. Why have you got a picture of Fred West on your wall? Adrift. Pardication time then. Let me uh, just open up my email here and uh, find it from Annabelle. He sent it yesterday. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Got it. It's from Ivana. Mm -hmm. Ivana Demant, who says, Dear Jeff and Annabelle, greetings from Guernsey. Greetings. Greetings. This podication is not for my husband, Patrick, who still doesn't listen. Boo. Boo. I don't know why you're still with that guy. No, it's weird. You know, we just get embroiled. I mean, it can be difficult to disentangle yourself after. Yeah, there's probably a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, but for my best friend who once asked me, what is a podcast? Well, at least, you know, he's just oblivious <laughs> rather than anti And he's showing interest. True, yeah. true. I like this guy. Yeah, me too. Um Ivana says, I'd like to ask for a podcast on or close to the 14th of May for my best friend, Alan. Hello, Alan. Um, well, we're close. I mean, we did record it on the 14th and mm. then, uh, you know, it didn't work out. So here we are on the 15th. I think you will get it on the 16th and then it's up to you when you play it to Alan. Yeah. We can't be held responsible for that. Nope. Um, We've only known each other since September 2017, but have become the bestest ever friends, and I cannot imagine my life without him. I don't tell Alan enough how much I appreciate his friendship, his kindness, and the brilliant banter we have together. We truly get on like a house on fire, and he gets me more than anybody else. I did not believe in soulmates before I met Alan. Um, (laughs) So, firstly, I just want to say this is clearly a platonic friendship but i'm just wondering what patrick would think if he heard that yeah but soul mates is different to like soul partners it's not, it's not, why am i saying this why am i trying to make patrick feel better yeah i mean f patrick as far as i'm concerned <laughs> I'm, i've had i'm done up to here with that guy me too yeah um but now i do and i count myself lucky that he sees me as his best friend too on the 14th of May, it's Alan's birthday, and we may not have time during our busy working week to spend some time together, so I hope Alan can play this and know I am thinking of him. We may not have a long history together, but I hope we have the longest ever future together. I love... Ch- I think these two should be cryogenically frozen together. Oh, me too. Yeah. Um, I love chatting to Alan 
about the important or totally meaningless topics. And when we chat for hours late at night, Alan will always make me smile and laugh. And I truly appreciate his friendship. What a guy Alan is. He is a great guy. Happy birthday, Alan. And I hope we can celebrate with some shiny look and spend some time together just pointlessly chatting or at least send each other hundreds of emoji and funny gifts. Many thanks, Ivana. Well, Ivana, I mean, you know, you've got your reasons for staying in that marriage. I'm not, <laughs> not here to judge them. They go on nice holidays, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do yeah, they seem nice to have holidays. a nice life. They have a nice time yeah, together. Yeah. Um, but I mean... I'm really pleased that this whole other side of you has been fulfilled by Alan. Me too. It is just the best. He is. Love Alan. Me too. Uh, Everyone we, should have an Alan. They should. I wa- I, to be honest, I want an Alan. Well, you mean I'm not your Alan? You are my Alan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, there we go. Um, happy birthday, Alan, from Ivana. And if you'd like a podication, you can email us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.